What is up, BA family? It's another beautiful Wednesday, and thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Breathe in Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. I'm your host, Mason Bendigo, and thank y'all so much for tuning in. Our guest today is the founder of Brain Upgraded. She is a leading voice in brain health, biohacking, and mindset, and bringing all of that together backed by science, backed by real-world tangible results, Miss Kayla Barnes. Although it wasn't always easy for Kayla growing up, she has an impressive background, along with working under one of the most world-renowned psychiatrists, Dr. Daniel Amen. With this expertise, Kayla is now helping thousands of people around the world through her social media channels. She has a podcast as well called Brain Biohacking, and also does one-on-one coaching with some of the top execs and business leaders alike to help them grab that extra edge that they need to be their best. If you want to hear more from Kayla, you can find her over on Instagram at Kayla Barnes. I promise you, you're going to want to follow her. So much good actionable tips, advice, things that are going to make you feel uplifted and curating your social media and curating the things that you constantly consume are so important. And Kayla's page is filled with great knowledge and things that are going to make you feel better. If this is your first time joining the show today, welcome. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you want to go find us on Instagram, we are at Breathe and Air Podcast, where we try and keep you up to date with the latest and greatest of the show, everything that's going on, and help you push yourself to your highest potential. Welcome to the BA family, and I hope you guys enjoy today's episode with Miss Kayla Barnes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So it's a beautiful morning. We're starting off the podcast right. And, you know, your mission statement I read on your website is helping clients and community achieve optimal health through a science-based and proven approach. Why do you want to help people? What, what brought you to this place? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think like a lot of health practitioners, I kind of found my way here from some of my own personal struggles, my own health struggles, uh, mindset struggles. So I grew up and I was a pretty sick kid. I came from not the best background and I found myself kind of encountering the same symptoms over and over and over again. And so I actually started to study nutrition in school and I realized that food is medicine. Mm. From there, I really took it a few steps further and I started to investigate, you know, root cause and how I might be able to alleviate my symptoms, which I was able to do um, pretty much on my own. I had a couple of functional um, dietitians and an ND that I was working with and it just opened up this world that, wait, something's not right. You know, something's not right with our system because when I would go to um, standard Western medicine, They would just give me a list of different prescriptions or creams and medications, things of this nature. And I just didn't want that for myself. At the same time, I was experiencing a lot of brain fog. And I really just thought, hold on a second, how can we optimize my cognition? How can I feel better? So as I was starting to feel better, I really dove into brain health science, essentially. And I came across um, a doctor named Dr. Daniel Amen, who truly has revolutionized psychiatry. And I started to study under him. And I began to learn so much about the brain 
And to be honest, it's one of the most important issues I think right now in society because depression is the number one disability worldwide. And depression, of course, we can think of depression as a symptom, but it's also related to brain health and our current inputs. So that's kind of what has brought me here today. Um, And then I started having a bit of an online Instagram community, which has been very fun. But I've been doing this work for about 10 years. So it's exciting. um, And it's great to now have this community where I can connect with people like you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's always intriguing to me to see how people started right? Because it seems like when you go through a personal issue yourself and you go through this journey, you're like, wow, I want other people to feel what this feels like, that you don't have to go through life, you know, in a certain way. And there's tools that we biologically have that we can access that everybody has access to. So when you were going through that transformation, what were some of those tools that you found out that really helped, you know, initiate that change for you? Yeah. And, you know, it was really twofold too. And I'm just starting to kind of talk about this a little bit more, but um, not only was the physical health a big challenge for me um, because I was having really low energy and all of these different symptoms that were related to stress, um, bad gut health, things of that nature. But at the same point, because of my background, there's also a big mindset component. And a reason why I wanted to work on my brain was because I wanted to upgrade my mindset. So like I said, I didn't come from the best background. So I knew that my brain health was going to have to be really strong in order for me to start to rewire my neural networks to think more positively. Because I knew that I wanted to achieve a different level in life than I thought was ever possible based on my background. So it was really the actual health. And I'm starting to do this a lot more on Instagram too. Let's talk about mindset and we should dive into it because people truly don't understand that. And if they did, then everyone would be like a superhero. But the only limitation that you have is, is between your ears, you know, your brain, your thoughts, how you think of yourself, because you truly can't outperform your level of self-esteem. You can't draw to yourself more than you think that you're worth. And it's a really interesting, interesting way to think about things. But in order to have better and clearer thoughts, you also have to work on the physical health of your brain. So some of the things that I found really helpful, of course, was food. You know, I grew up on all junk food, um, you know, in full transparency. I mean, I grew up on food stamps and unfortunately that system is really broken. Um, whereas you don't get to have the healthiest options. And so I was eating, you know, uh, Reese's puffs and pop tarts. And I thought that these were foods and, uh, they are food, but you know, it's not giving your body the information that it needs to succeed, to have clear thinking, to have energy. And then over time, these things also lead to chronic inflammation in addition to, you know, if you have um, emotional trauma or things going on, that's additional inflammation. So changing my food was a big thing. So now I really focus on whole foods only single ingredients. So I always tell everyone to shop around the perimeter of the store because that's where all the non-processed food's going to be. You know, that's where the vegetables are. And then in the middle aisles, it's always like all these highly processed foods. So the information that we're consuming in the form of food is literally telling ourselves, signaling ourselves to do specific things. 
And our brain is only two to three pounds, but it consumes about 30% of our energy every day. So it's a really energy consumptive organ. So if we want to feel better about ourselves, we want to think clear, we want to have more focus and motivation and drive, we have to look at the inputs. Food was a big one. Having more water and getting better sleep. These are all really basic things. And sometimes biohacking is looked at, you know, all these crazy devices. And I do have a lot of these different um, biology upgrading mechanisms that we can talk about, but it's really just basic things that made me feel so much better. Um, You know, having a, a place that I could get high quality sleep and really focusing on going to bed early, that was huge for me moving my body. I got really into exercise. Um, just everything from walking, super important, low level movement because it boosts blood flow to the brain. So I aim for between 10 and 15,000 steps a day um, to, you know, actually doing physical, more strenuous exercise, which is incredible for the brain. I mean, it boosts brain derived neurotropic factor, which is like miracle growth for the brain. It increases dopamine, which is our motivation molecule, serotonin, which is related to happiness and our mood. It um, does so many incredible things, boosts the blood flow to the brain, delivering more oxygen and nutrients. So just these little basics really started to help me because this was before I could necessarily go and get different biohacking devices or all these different tests and modalities that I I am fortunate enough to do now. But I just started with the basics and that's how I started to feel better. Yeah. I want to double click into a few of those because for someone that's listening, they're like, well, how do I start on this? You know, food is, is such a staple for this water sleep. So I think especially today in the, you know, health industry, should we say it's become a profitable thing. So something can say, you know, heart healthy, organic, and, and then it still has seed oils and processed foods and et cetera. So for someone that's just starting out on this health journey, I want to go a little bit deeper into how we can see through, you know, so-called health foods to where we're eating a whole foods diet and, and staying away from, you know, a lot of the fads and really having something that's sustainable long-term to help us feel good, perform better, et cetera. Absolutely. And any, and I don't even like the word diet because it seems so restrictive. It's just, it's just your lifestyle. It's your nutrition. It's just change the way that you think of it. Cause if you think of things as restrictive, then you're going to be less likely to do them. Mm -hmm. I actually feel so blessed every day because if you're in a position that you can afford good food, I mean, what better treat can you give your body and your brain than fueling it properly? I'm so grateful every time that I eat because I'm like, this tastes amazing. It's real foods and it makes me feel good. And people have to start paying attention to how do you feel after you eat? If you feel bloated, if you feel low energy, if you feel an energy spike and then an energy crash, these are all indicative of things going wrong. So when it comes to food marketing, I mean, to be honest with you, just choose things that don't have marketing. I mean, let's say <laughs> organic blueberries don't have marketing. Right. Um, you know, the like I said, when you're shopping the perimeter of the store, they're not marketing that. Um, grass-fed steak, it, it doesn't have marketing. I mean, there right. are some brands that want to set themselves apart from each other. So, you know, they've created a company. But Fit Teas, absolutely not. Um, a lot of these different yeah, marketing pieces around like even bars, you know, when you look at the back of it, ingredients of bars in a health food store, I mean, they're, they're very small selection that are actually whole foods and that are going to really benefit the body. A lot of them have 
a lot of sugar snuck in, but they're promoted as, you know, a fat loss bar or weight loss or meal replacement. I mean, just focus on whole foods, real ingredients, things that have one ingredient, not a list of ingredients. That's going to make your life a lot easier. Focus on increasing, you know, your water intake. If there's a couple initial investments that I would recommend, it would definitely be, um, you know, of course in food and, and food prices are skyrocketing. I'm literally thinking about like starting my own garden or something and um, just growing my own food because then A, I know where it's coming from. I know how it's taken care of. I know what pesticides are sprayed on it. And, you know, also you can save money. Right. If you are wanting to save some money, there's lists called the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. So if we're talking about buying organic foods, you know, the Clean 15 are a little bit safer. A lot of it has um, like things with rinds or protective layers like, um, you know, watermelon or something. It has a lot of protection before you get to the fruit from the pesticides. So you can go ahead and shop um, the Dirty Dozen, buy all organic, and then the Clean 15, you know, you're a little bit safer to buy those conventional if you need to. But just focus on foods that, like I said, don't really have marketing. If something's really being pushed in your face as being healthy, to be honest, I I would question it. And I also, I don't want to go down too big of a rabbit hole in terms of like endorsements for heart healthy, but I mean, seed oils is an example are very pro-inflammatory and very high in omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. And those are just oils that we don't want to have consuming on a daily basis. I mean, soybean oil has been linked to genetic changes in the brain. Canola oil is, you know, prevalent everywhere, even Mm -hmm. in some, you know, I'll just call it out, but Whole Foods Hot Bar, I'm so confused why canola oil is in there. Um, And I've emailed them, by the way, but they don't have a great (laughs) response. Um, But yeah, I really just think focusing on on whole foods and you're immediately going to cut out a lot of, of the BS around food marketing and you'll, I believe, start to feel better pretty quickly. Yep. I want to touch on one more thing when it comes to diet and or nutrition in general, right? So water and, and the, the quality of water that we're drinking, how important is that, uh, you know, drinking tap water as opposed to filtering your water and, and knowing where that water is coming from? Yeah, I think that a water filter would probably be my top recommended investment if you're just starting on this journey because our water is loaded with with nonsense, to be honest, from um, chlorine and um, pharmaceuticals are leaking into the water. There's lead, mercury, all sorts of things. Heavy metals can be in tap water. So I think that getting a water filter, I actually do RO water. So reverse osmosis, essentially it's the cleanest water you can drink, one of the cleanest waters. And um, then I just remineralize it because it does pull everything out of the water and our bodies need minerals. Um, So therefore, and a lot of times we don't get enough minerals from our food. So I add um, like just trace minerals back in, but yeah, filtering your water is incredibly important because A, you should be drinking a lot of it. I always recommend like half of your body weight in ounces. So, you know, if you are weighing um, like 130 pounds, then half your body weight in ounces of water per day, Um, 150, I think it's like 75 ounces of water, but you need to be hydrating really adequately. The brain is mostly, like I said, fat and water. So if you think about it, when you're dehydrated, your thinking and your cognition declines a bit because your brain needs to be hydrated and our bodies are mostly water. 
Another thing is, is a shower water filter. This is much cheaper than a regular water filter. Um, like a, I use an AquaTrue for my drinking water, but shower water, you know, our skin is our largest organ. So again, going back to the idea that there's all of these different toxins and chemicals in the water, we don't want to be showering once or twice a day and letting our skin be exposed to all of these same chemicals. So you can definitely pick up a shower water filter, but it helps people with a lot of other things sometimes too, like um, their hair can feel healthier. They And I'm not saying this will happen because, you know, there's a lot of other different confounding factors, but um, some people, you know, their skin might improve a little bit. So there's a lot of good reasons, but we want, again, all the inputs to be as clean as possible. And a water filter is definitely one of the biggest pieces that I would start with. Yeah. You talked about, you know, your skin health almost there too, with the water and something that we do so naturally all the time, like people wouldn't really think to even think of it, but it really is important. Another piece that comes up, you know, we have a wide variety of people that listen to the show, men and women. So the toxins that are in a lot of, you know, the beauty products that we use shampoo and the lotions and sunscreen and these types of things. So what are ways that we can combat that? And what are things that we should kind of stray away from when it comes to putting things on our skin, like you said, our largest organ. Yeah, this is, this is another really interesting topic because these endocrine disruptors are a, they're pretty new, of course, like new beauty products are coming out all the time, but on, on a daily basis, the average number of chemicals that a woman walks out of the house with is about 200 men use about half the amount of products, but still that's about a hundred different chemicals that you're leaving the house with. And where do these come from? So fragrance is a big one. Fragrance, um, the companies don't even have to disclose the ingredients on the label because they're trade secrets. So they can really get away with so many things that, that can be snuck in there and you have no idea. And you're putting these like, you know, on your head, on right, on your neck, on your wrists, you're putting it around really vital organs, um, shampoo, conditioner, lotion, um, you know, even cleaning products that things are snuck into. But in order to start to reduce this, there's an app that I really like because I think it makes it simple called Think Dirty. And I basically scan all of the products when I'm purchasing them and it'll give you a score. So you want to stay in the green score, or sorry, in the green zone, like zero to one or two. Um, and it'll even break down all of the different um chemicals and why they're either listing it as okay or, you know, toxic. So that just will simplify your life. Um, the environmental working group is also a great resource for things like cleaning products, because we also want to not like make ourselves sick while we're cleaning our house, essentially with all these toxic products that we're inhaling and then, um, you know, is absorbing into our skin. And then just, you know, I would start by just swapping out some products at a time. It can seem overwhelming, Yep. which if you get overwhelmed, you're never going to do it. So it's better to just start small and say, okay, you know, today I'm going to get a different toothpaste. Today I'm going to get a different shower gel or a different lotion. Start with the things that you use most. For women with makeup, you know, there, and there's some great um, documentaries actually. I think they're on HBO. But breaking down, you know, there's asbestos in makeup, you know, wow. because you can't have – and the same thing with the Johnson & Johnson baby powder. There's so many lawsuits because – you can't have talc without asbestos, basically. They're grown so closely together. So these makeup products, 
they're being tested, even children's makeup products, you know, um, a lot of the more powdery like foundations are containing the, you know, asbestos, which of course we know is a known carcinogen. So I think it's helpful just to scan the products, really kind of find some brands that you like, and then just stick with that. Yeah. Deodorant, deodorant's a big one too. We're putting it right in our lymph nodes, you know? So, um, I think just trying to do your best and swap things out slowly is the best way to go. Right. Those are some great resources. And I, you know, I just think back to even, you know, toothpaste and fluoride and just the things that we use on such a daily basis that we're now learning so much about the side effects of these things. And it's so important to at least be conscious of it. You know, it's, it's one thing to be conscious of it and still do it versus not know what you're doing to your body on a consistent basis. It's just unfair, to be honest. Like the yeah. system is so broken. I mean, we're set up not to have success um, because of all the inputs, because of all right. the toxicity. And then we have EMFs everywhere and people wearing AirPods all the time. And <laughs> I always lose friends when I say, you know, AirPods <laughs> are not great for you. But it's also, to me, it's kind of like a straightforward point. You have Bluetooth communicating through your ears all day long. I've literally heard people say that they sleep in the AirPods and I'm, Oh, like no. shocked, like a why, you know, B just do not do that, you know, <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's constant communication. I would just literally, I think that the cool, it's going to be like the new cool thing to go back to the wired headphones, or at least that's the trend I'm starting to yeah. try to initiate here. Yeah. We, we see that with clothing and everything, right? The old comes back into the trendy style. I'm, I'm with it. We got to get back to the corded headphones for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have these ones here. Uh, these ones are even like a step above. This is like a tube headphone. So these are um, oh, EMF blocking headphones, but you look super Amazing. cool at the gym with those. Yeah. So I want to touch on that a little bit. I actually had a guy by the name of Justin Franson come on and he's built a company around this whole, um, you know, outbreak basically is what I'll call it of EMF radiation and us just taking baths in this stuff, right. And how it affects our cognition, our sleep, our hormones, et cetera. I think a big piece of that is the sleep part, right? We're in houses with, you know, Wi-Fi. we have our phones, uh, people sleep in AirPods. So how do we upgrade our sleep? Sleep being one of the biggest, you know, drivers of our performance in helping us, you know, protect ourselves against EMFs and, and just sleep in general, right? How do we upgrade our sleep so that we can have, you know, the best output from a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. And sleep is definitely one of the primary pillars of brain health. So when we sleep, our body's glymphatic system is activated and that's essentially our brain's cellular waste clearance system. So really kind of goes in there, cleans things up, memories are stored, a lot of the filtering, you know, we're receiving so much information all day long. Our brains get to kind of sort through that at night and decide, okay, what do we keep? What do we let go? Things of that nature. And that's happening on an ongoing basis as well. But sleep is so incredibly important for brain health and performance in general life. If even one night of sleep can increase your blood pressure, increase your um, cravings, so people want more like carbs and sugar the next day and they want to eat more, um, it, it really has a host of different ailments on the body. So I have a couple of little prescriptions, I would say, for sleep. But first of all, we have to stop letting things like Netflix steal our time. Mm. It, one more episode is absolutely not worth it. Yeah. 
Um, just turn it off. And I think that people need to have more strict limitations around things like social media, like, um, Netflix, because I believe at one point the CEO of Netflix said that the only competitor that they have is like sleep. And Mm, that is, that's so sad, you know? So it's so important that you, A, create limitations, B, consistency is everything. I, um, track my sleep with an aura ring, which I've had this for, I think since the company was basically started, but now they're becoming a lot more popular because there's not only the amount of sleep, which the recommended amount of hours is seven to nine, um, but then there's also the quality of sleep. So deep and REM are some of the most important stages of sleep. We want to optimize those areas of sleep. And then we might be able to go a little bit uh, with the shorter amount of sleep. So, you know, you can be closer to seven hours than nine hours, but basically let's go over my sleep prescription. So cool room, that's a big one because when we actually sleep, our body temperature drops down about a degree. So if we're hot or we're uncomfortable in any way, we're not going to get into those deeper stages of sleep. So I keep my room about 65 degrees Fahrenheit, which probably sounds pretty cold, but I mean, it actually works really well for optimizing sleep. Second thing is light, you know, so our bodies, we have um, circadian rhythms, of course. So we know that in the morning, if we get out and get light into the eyes, it's going to let our body know that in like 12 to 14 hours, we should start making melatonin, which melatonin is going to help us go to sleep at night. So that's another sleep booster is getting sunlight into the eyes every morning. Um, preferably within 30 minutes of waking up and even 10 minutes is okay. You don't want to have like sunglasses or anything on, but that'll help you later in the evening to optimize your sleep. But then light at night, we don't want. So even on our skin, so my room um, is as it's it's so dark, I can't see my hand in front of my face, you know, like there's no lights, there's no Wi-Fi in there. There's no uh, like even little light coming off of a device. Everything is unplugged. And I think that's another big hack too, is unplugging your Wi-Fi and smart devices completely at night. Because even if we're going to be surrounded by EMFs and, and these smart devices all day, at least we can do ourselves the favor of disconnecting at night, phone on airplane mode or ring on airplane mode, um, as many things as you can either disconnected or on airplane mode. So we have, um, you know, the temperature, we have no drinking alcohol. I mean, alcohol will literally wreck your sleep. It's also a neurotoxin. We've tried really hard in the health world to find ways that alcohol might be healthy. Um, they say resveratrol. I mean, you'd have to drink about five gallons of wine to get the amount of resveratrol (laughs) that you would actually need. So that's not a really like a sustainable option. Um, just take a resveratrol pill, a supplement, if that's what you really are aiming for. But on the aura ring, you know, it, it became blatantly obvious, although I already knew these numbers and statistics, but my HRV and my sleep would be like cut in half, you know, my deep sleep would be cut in half. My HRV or heart rate variability, which is essentially a measure of stress on the body would be half of what it normally is. And in HRV, you know, higher, it's all very bio-individual, but higher for me is better, you know? So, um, no, no light before bed. So the social media and the Netflix coming in streaming through your eyes is going to keep you up. It's going to surpass surpass melatonin production. So I use the red blue light blockers at night. There's like the yellow ones for the daytime and then red two to three hours before I go to bed. I use that. There's also this incredible red light phone trick. If you Google that, it usually your phone will go like 
light yellow. So if you have the um, the sensing on for the, the temperature to change on the phone, but this will actually change your phone totally red. So it will oh, literally wow. go completely red. So it's like wow. just Google red light phone trick and then hit the button on the side three times. You can program it, look it up, and then it'll be completely red. So not only does that make the phone less interesting to look at and it, you'll be less um, inclined to stay on it for many hours, but also it's going to protect uh, completely eliminate the blue light. So that's another good one. Not eating two to three hours before bed. So if we eat a big heavy meal right before we go to sleep, our body is not going to be able to get into those deeper stages of sleep or like REM and deep because it's going to be busy digesting food. Um, so that's another big one. No alcohol, the light, uh, the cool room, make sure that your magnesium levels are optimized. Uh, a lot of people have suboptimal magnesium level. So I take one from BioOptimizers because it has seven different forms of magnesium. Because if you're deficient in one, there's a good chance you're deficient in multiple. So optimizing mm. magnesium is a good one, not having alcohol or, you know, really heavy meals before bed and then the blue light blockers and just consistency in a wind down practice. So if you're going to bed one night at midnight and then the next day at 10 and then the next day at one, your body is not going to be prepared and naturally going to be going into the cycles because you're not giving it a chance to normalize. So try to keep your um, bedtime really consistent and have some sort of relaxation um, system or uh, meditation to put your body into a parasympathetic state. We have sympathetic state, which is the fight or flight, highly aroused throughout the day. That might be okay at times, but at night we don't want to be highly aroused. So um, there's some apps that I like too. I really like new calm that can be good for putting you into a really deep sleep and relaxing at night or any little quick meditation just to calm down the mind and the body. Um, and I usually try to have and hope that people can get good sleep without supplements because we don't want to supplement every single right. day. And, um, you know, because then if we're taking melatonin every day, it can slow our own production, things of that nature. So we want to just uh, do that if absolutely necessary. If you have jet lag or you're in a different time zone and you need mm. to really help yourself out. But overall, it's best to try to do it naturally and, and optimize your sleep. Right. It's... It's very clear to me, you know, that a lot of our food, right? Our soil is, is different than it was. Um, you know, our meat is different than it was. And there's definitely companies and places that are trying to change this, right? But a lot of the minerals that we would usually receive in food, we're not receiving sometimes, um, even in our water as well, as we talked earlier. So on the topic of supplementation, what are some supplements that you would suggest or that you take that may is, may not be as bioavailable in food that we might need to say, Hey, let's help our body out here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is really bio individual, um, you know, meaning it's going to vary from person to person. So I'll talk about it in two ways. A couple staple supplements that I think, um, or high quality fish oil for the brain because the brain loves the DHA and EPA. A study just came out uh, two or three days ago saying that people with higher levels of um, DEA in their blood actually had a 48% reduced risk of Alzheimer's. Wow. So this is really important for brain health, um, either to get it from fish sources or from 
fish oil, but you want to pick a high quality one because the ones that sit out on the shelves, they can oxidize, which we don't want that. So we want to just, you know, purchase it either really cool right to our door or one of the ones that are refrigerated because that's going to be more beneficial. Magnesium is something that many people are also deficient in, as I mentioned. So it's important to not only get one form, but all of the, most of the forms, seven of the forms in something like, um, you know, a full spectrum magnesium. Um, and then from there, it really depends. So I also like turmeric um, for inflammation. So if you're inflamed, I think like curcumin uh, supplements are really good for the brain. Um, but what I think is really cool, and it's actually reasonably priced, is there's a company called Viome that does a variety of testing. So gut testing and then um, a little bit of blood testing. And what it does is it tells you exactly what you need. So it'll literally give you a printout. I have these personalized pills that I take every day and they have a breakdown of everything. There's over over 50 ingredients in the pills and then there are ingredients in the probiotics because when it comes to gut health, and let's talk about probiotics for a second, probiotics are great. But the thing, the, the, where they fall short is that the gut has more bacteria than we have cells and we really need to focus on the gut. So if anyone has like bloating, pretty much everyone these days has gut issues because Mm -hmm. of the stress, because of the food quality, because of the water, all these different inputs. And the gut actually houses a lot of our neurotransmitters. It houses about 90% of our serotonin, which is linked to mood. So going back to what we initially spoke about with when you're putting foods into your body, it's going to affect your mood and it's going to affect your cognition. We simply can't feed our body and treat our body like junk and expect it to perform optimally. Or we can't expect our brain to have clear cognition if we're feeding it junk, you know, it it just won't happen. So back to probiotics, you could grab many probiotics off the shelf. But if you don't know what the dysbiosis looks like in your gut, then A, you could actually be doing a bit of harm because you could be feeding the wrong bacterias. You need to know what the dysbiosis looks like, what bacterias are high in terms of good bacterias, what bad bacterias are overgrowing or high in your gut. So it's impossible really just to say, here's a probiotic that one size fits all. You know, because everyone's guts are so different based on what they eat, how they live, things of that nature. So I think a gut test is also a really important piece in terms of achieving optimal brain health. Um, Then back to the supplements. I mean, again, it depends, but like ashwagandha can be good for some people um, for stress levels if you have really high cortisol. But then again, you know, I think that to be honest, I think you're going to save money. I think you're going to save time. And I think you're going to feel a lot better if you look at one of these um companies that does testing and you actually determine what you're deficient in because otherwise, you know, you can have too much of things like vitamin C, you know, a lot of different supplements, you can actually weigh overdose. Vitamin D is something that uh, I think a lot of people need, but I would actually recommend it's more bioavailable to go out and get it from the sun, you know, um, in the winter. Sure. If you need vitamin D, which vitamin D is very important for brain health, for our immune system, so many different things. We definitely need it. So in the winter, go ahead and use that. But also you don't want to be, you know, my vitamin D levels are high naturally because I get outside every day in the sun. And then if I were to add on a ton of vitamin D on top of that through supplementation, it wouldn't be the most beneficial to me. So 
those are a couple uh, of basics in terms of supplementation, but it really depends on kind of what your diet looks like. If you're vegan, you're going to need an entirely different host of supplements than someone that is eating, right. you know, organ meats every day. So it's really, right. really bio-individual. But um, yeah, I think looking into some basic lab work and identifying areas that you actually, because this is why modern science meeting like ancestral wisdom is amazing because we don't have to guess, you know, for a couple hundred dollars that we would spend on the supplements anyway, we can figure out what exactly we need and we can have a target approach. Right. That's, it's great advice because everyone tries to put health in a box, right? And it, it's that marketing piece that we talked about earlier, but really everyone is so biologically individual and unique. And one thing that works for someone may not work for another. So great advice there. I agree with everything you just said. It's amazing. Earlier, you talked about your meditate, the meditation practice, you know, before bed, you know, for me, meditation came into my life about three years ago, and it was such a game changer for me, but it's hard for a lot of people to get started. So when you first started your practice, you know, how did you start easing into it? And what are some of the biological benefits that meditation brings? Absolutely. So meditation is like a super brain anti-ager. It's, it's amazing. Um, in studies with meditators versus non-meditators, the meditators had more gray matter in the brain, which is very important because as we age, we start to lose uh, gray matter in our brain. So a full brain is indicative of a younger brain um, and better cognition and thinking. And then obviously we want to maintain those structures. Also, the cortical thickness of the hippocampus, which is involved in learning and memory, can actually be increased with meditation. It can also be um, increased with exercise, consistent exercise over time. But um, that's another great benefit. And then the amygdala, which is actually our stress and fear center, can actually be reduced over time with meditation. So those are some of the longer term benefits. But even in the short term, meditation improves focus, it can improve your mood, and it can make us feel better. And the thing about meditation is I think a lot of people think they're doing it wrong because thoughts pop up. But we're human beings. We are not robots. We do not get to decide that we're going to have, you know, a perfect meditation and no thoughts are going to come up. It's just not how life works. So what I would recommend is start small and decide that what you're going to commit to, let's say, three minutes a day or five minutes a day to start. Everyone can do that. You know, I mean, if you can't take three to five minutes off of Instagram and focus <laughs> on a meditation practice, then you don't want to feel better. I mean, that's that's really how I feel um, because it can be so profound. It's free and it's really easy. So start really small, two to three minutes a day, and then set a new goal the next week. Another thing that I really like, and this is kind of on the high-tech biohacking side of things, but um, I like to measure my brain waves while I meditate. And this came years later. You know, this was, I just started really simple. Also, an app is a perfect way to start. Um, like there's Headspace. My friend has an app called Superhuman that I like a lot. Get an app and, you know, either there's free versions or pay a few dollars a month and then it will guide you. So you really don't even have to have as much intention. You just kind of follow what, what the um, app is saying. Aura has uh, meditations as well. But like I said, super brain anti-ager, great for focus in the meantime um, and boosting your mood. And so the 
uh, at-home neurofeedback device. It's called, there's one called Muse. I have one called Focus Calm, but it's really cool because we know that the longer we meditate, the more benefit. So if you eventually can work up to like an hour, I mean, that's incredible, but it's also a long time. And I don't even meditate for an hour. Sometimes on a weekend, you know, I'll prioritize that. But during the week, I simply can't work out for an hour and then do a meditation for an hour and then do, I mean, there's too many yeah. things. And also right. habit stacking is really important. It's, it's a nice way to um, kind of just tag along with what our brain already knows to do. So stick some of these habits onto things you're already doing. So in the morning, for example, um, I wake up, I do some like coconut oil pulling and I do my Ayurvedic like tongue scraping and I stick that on to the rest of the things I'm going to do that day. So after that, I'll do some stretching. So I do the coconut oil swishing with the stretching. So I'm killing two birds with one stone, right? And I'm doing it with things I already do. Everyone or at least I hope everyone brushes their teeth in the morning. Um, so stick something onto that that you can really incorporate into your routine is easy. Same thing with meditation, sticking on the morning sessions or the evening sessions um, so that you can just kind of start to build a habit with that. And uh, the focus calm device, really cool because you can get, you can measure your brain state. So we have all sorts of different brain states. Um, beta, alpha, theta, gamma, and these all kind of cycle in and out throughout the day. And then we have um, deep brain states, or sorry, slow, much slower brain states for when we're sleeping. So this measures what state we're in so we can get the most effective meditation in the shortest amount of time. So they want you on the app to um, aim for about seven minutes of the ideal focus. So we're going to be in like um, a really strong alpha brain wave, and that's what they're measuring. So kind of cool to get some data around that as well. And also it gamifies it. So you're more apt to do that as well. You know, we're all a little bit competitive, I think, by nature. And um, that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all great tips and tricks. And for anyone that is thinking about it, just do it, right? You got to start and learn as you go. Everyone started from zero. So incredible tips there. And I'm definitely going to check out some of those apps. We've talked today about, you know, social media and Instagram, and you've built a great following. How do you balance that? And what is, you know, this technological age in terms of Instagram and Netflix and instant gratification and instant dopamine doing to our brains? And how do we balance that out, especially from a place where you're in, where you know, these effects, but you're also have a great following and it is such a powerful tool. It is. I mean, Instagram and social media can be a really positive place. So there's a lot of different factors that we're kind of going to review. A, yes, constantly kind of flooding our brain with dopamine or dopamine hits, as some people may say. Um, We're becoming desensitized to it and we always need more. We need more entertainment. We need more uh, videos like constantly because that's what we're now training our brain to do. Our brains do what we train them to do based on neuroplasticity. So our brain is different today than it was yesterday and our brain is going to be different tomorrow than it is today based on the inputs. And I think that's an important takeaway for people because everything that I do, I say, is this making my brain better? or worse for tomorrow. So if I allow myself to consume a lot of negative media or negative news, I don't follow people on social media that don't make me feel good or, um, you know, promote happiness in my life in some way or teach me something. Because if you're on social media and you have all these like influencers that you want to have their life and that's what you think about all the time and have ruminating thoughts, that's 
that's, you know, really sinking into your neural networks and that's, you're going to be breeding more negativity the day after and the day after. Why do that to yourself? First of all, their life is not real life. It's what they want to show you and it's the edited version. So just completely, I mean, I think people should unfollow anyone that doesn't make them feel good, including me. If if I don't make, you know, someone feel good, you should unfollow me because that just should be the rule. Um, I think that my content is geared to lift people up. But either way, I think that's one big way is take inventory of who you're following. I actually look at who I'm following on a pretty consistent basis. And I want to say, is this giving me value anymore? Do I, you know, obviously if I'm friends with the person, I want to keep following them because I care about what they're doing. But in general, having maybe a weekly or monthly check-in on social media to decide Are the inputs positive? Because we spend a lot of our time there. We clearly spend more time on our phones than we do talking to people that we love. You know, we, Mm. I made a post the other day, don't spend time, more time arguing with strangers online than you do with your family. I mean, this is, this should be really kind of basic and straightforward, but unfortunately, you know, we live in a world where people get so wrapped up, um, setting time limits, you know, on, on the phone. Um, I personally, I, I love my, I feel so grateful to be honest. I'm very, very grateful and great gratitude is also a big part of brain health, but I literally think every day how grateful I am to be able to have this community and I get a lot of incredible messages, but I don't let it take over my life. I have, I make one to two posts a day. I usually make the first post right after I do my um, morning, kind of set up my morning meditation, all of my practices. I make the post. I have the post done the day after. I make new content every day, but I have it done ready in my draft so that my morning is not derailed. So just I hit post. I let it roll throughout the day. In the evening, I will either make another post and then check the comments. Um, and by the way, I am going to be hiring someone soon to help <laughs> me with some of this because it's, it's all me right now. Um, and then I re- reply to some comments. I take about a half an hour to do that, um, look through some DMs. And then after that half an hour, if I don't get to everything, I will address it another day because I don't want to let it just completely take right. over my life. you know. And also, if I get negative comments, that's worth talking about. Um I don't really engage them a lot. I will provide studies or, you know, scientific backing, but you're never going to please everybody. It's impossible to create content for every single person going through every single situation. So I just do my best and I want to be as authentic as I can to myself and what I believe. And then I want to find people that that resonates with. But I think setting kind of strict guidelines for yourself. And like I said, there's the timers that will automatically remind you when you've surpassed the limit. And I look at my screen time at the end of every week and I'm like, okay, did I spend more time on the phone? Did I spend less? Because I don't want my entire life to surround around my phone and, um, you know, just not wasting time, but like losing focus. I don't want to do that. So I keep really strict parameters. And then at the same time, like I said, our neural networks, our neuroplasticity, our brain's amazing ability to rewire and change is going to be based on what we put in it. So um, really think about that next time that you're uh, on social media, thinking about who you follow, personal real life interactions. Do you have a lot of toxic relationships in your life? If you do, your brain is going to wire for negativity. So it's going to be harder to be happier. Um, You're going to be more likely to be depressed if all of your inputs are negative because your brain, the neurons communicating to each other that are going to get stronger for negativity while the ones for happiness are going to get weaker. Right. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. 
you, you mentioned earlier in the show that, you know, you didn't have the best upbringing, right? You came from a place where a lot of people may feel hopeless and now you're creating impact in this world and, and you're having success for someone who feels like they're in this spot where they're stuck and they can't get out and they, they have these dreams, aspirations, ambitions to be better and build a better life for themselves, you know, on the mindset piece, what were some of the key characteristics and things that helped you continue to push and create this life that you have, which is impacting thousands and thousands of people? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I really think it's so important to sit down and truly think about what you want. So this is kind of a combination of, of just mindset and then manifestation, because if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. So you have to have a really clear picture of what you want. And I did this pretty early. I health, you know, I right now I'm like living and I think everyone should aim for this, but I'm living my absolute highest purpose. You know, I work in the industry that I love doing the exact thing that I love, but that's not like what my path should have or could have been, you know, it wasn't the path that it was like, Oh, here's an easy lineup. Uh, no, it was, it was a lot of work and it was a lot of, of mindset because mindset is everything. If you believe you can, or you believe you can't, you're right. And that's the age old saying, but it couldn't be more true. So a, just thinking about your, your qualities. And, you know, I've really been diving deep into trauma work as well um, because of my own trauma and because, of course, I, I want to be able to better assist people in my community. But um, when we go through trauma, it's, it's interesting because I learned this in, in some recent studies that I've been doing. Um, if we just continue to think of ourselves as a victim, like for example, and we, it's, everyone should hold space for that. Talk about it. Talk therapy is amazing. But if we forever think that we're the victim, then it's really difficult to progress. So instead, how can you think of yourself as a hero in that situation? What did you learn from that situation? What strengths did you derive from it that you're now going to use to apply in your future? And where I am now definitely was stemmed from having a really hard upbringing because I wanted to do everything I could to change my situation. So definitely, you know, diving deeper into things that are still haunting you like trauma, because it's important that you kind of explore that, have professional assistance, and then you can kind of put it to bed, but also just know that you literally can do anything that you put your mind to. I think listening to motivational things that that's pretty much free as long as you have a phone. I mean, I love like, like Jocko Wilnick. I mean, he's a pretty intense, but yeah. I mean, everything that happened, I mean, he says, good. You know, like something bad happened. Good. And of course that's not applicable to all situations, but it gives me motivation every day. I'm still putting these inputs into my brain every day, even though I could do it on my own, but why not have assistance from someone that's going to tell you, you know, to go crush it. I mean, these videos are in people that you follow on Instagram. I follow people that are inspirational, but it's really, you got to dive deep, figure out where the root cause of it comes from. And then you need to work on that. But in combination, it's just, um, believing in yourself, you know, write down your strengths right. every day, meditate on what you are grateful for, truly feel it because that's going to give you the energy, you know, and if you don't have the energy, then you have to have the discipline. So it has to be one of those two things, either the motivation or the discipline. Um, and if you have both, then you're really in a good position. You've done a lot of work with, you know, C-level execs and, and high performers and, and business people of all sorts. 
with your business and you've seen a lot of brains and I'm sure with Dr. Daniel for people who haven't checked out his work brain scans and and he's incredible in the work that he's done but my question to you is what are some of the biggest hurdles that you've seen in high performers when it comes to brain function what are some of the biggest problems that they struggle with and, and how have you helped them uh, get over those? Sure. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about high performers, we're talking about incremental gains. So it's, it's, a, they're already doing really well. It's about taking that half a percent or that 1% and really dialing it in. And I'll be honest, a lot of the people that I personally see and work with them around they have a lot of the basics down. Their diet is dialed in because we've we've already gone over these things or right. they've already learned it on their own. So they are high performers in many areas. They're very athletic. But to be honest, just what we talked about before, it's it's that mindset component. And a lot of it can stem from childhood, maybe their thoughts around money or maybe their thoughts around success. Some people actually hold themselves back from success because they don't think that they're worth it. Or they have a, a number in the bank account that they decided that's what their worth is. And then how can you get past that? So it's definitely a lot of focus on the physical and refining maybe their supplementation. And, and they're at a level where all the basic supplements are done. So now we're looking at nootropics and how can we really use some of these quote unquote smart drugs to really enhance performance. And we do a lot of things that make sense in terms of like work stacking. So we can really only focus for about 90 minutes intently before we need a break. So if you build your work schedule around things like, um, you know, science in terms of performance and, and workload, then you're actually going to be a lot more productive. So instead of just trying to power through the entire day without allowing your body time to kind of um, reset and refresh and allow you to get clear thinking again. So every 90 minutes, you need to take 20 minutes and just do something else, something relaxing, some thoughts to yourself, take a walk outside. And that seems crazy because people that love work really love work. They don't want to take 20 minutes. They don't want to take a break. They just want to keep doing it. But the level of productivity, either you can have a much higher level of productivity and take a couple breaks throughout the day, or you can have no breaks and have less productivity. So once you kind of break down these concepts, it's really, that's where we're at with high performers is refining. Can we use some nootropics, some cognitive enhancements? Is there anything else that we can do with the diet that can be even better for your bioindividuality? And then do you have any limiting beliefs? Because a lot of times, not all times, but a lot of times successful people they had some hard things in their past too, and that's what really fueled them. But then there comes a point where, okay, we've done all of this work. We've achieved a lot of things in our life. Can we look at the idea that maybe there's some small minor tweaks that we still need to make that are still affecting our life? So it, it's a lot of fun and I enjoy it because it's, it's my favorite thing. And then we do a lot more biohacking stuff. So, you know, we're taking cold showers, we're doing intranasal red light therapy to boost the mitochondria in the brain. So that's super cool. Regular red light therapy panels, hyperbaric oxygen. I mean, I do that a couple times a week. I love it. Um, hyperbaric is one of the therapies that is showing a lot of promise for um, slowing down and even reversing Alzheimer's because it combines 100% pure oxygen with a lot of pressure. So it drives oxygen into the cells. So once you've got all the basics covered, 
we really look at these biohacks like um, ozone saunas and cryotherapy and Nanavi is a device I really love for like oxidative stress and protein folding and biomats and all these, you know, incredible PEMF devices. That's how we can expedite performance healing, um, both physical and cognitive. So it, we get into a lot of these more fun biohacks. Amazing. Kayla, where can everybody find you online and hear more from you? Yeah. So my website is kaylabarnes.com. It's K-A-Y-L-A-B-A-R-N-E-S.com. I post a lot of articles there. I also have a podcast. It's called Brain Biohacking. I have a lot of uh, top functional doctors and um, physicians, things of that nature that are coming onto the podcast, biohackers, female biohackers, all sorts Mm -hmm. of mindset of coaches. So that's an interesting place to find me as well. Brain Biohacking and my Instagram is just my name as well. uh, Kayla Barnes, K-A-Y-L-A-B-A-R-N-E-S. Yes. Amazing. Well, I know anyone that made it this far is going to want to check you out and, you know, keep following this journey that you're on. My last question for you today is what is your definition of success? Oh, that, you know, it's changed so much over time. I used to really just feel like it was a monetary situation many years ago. Now success to me is happiness. I think happiness is the biggest moving target that we are facing at this point. And so having actual like personal fulfillment Um, and of course there's a financial component because, you know, you need stability, but really just being happy every day that that's success to me. Amazing. Short and sweet. I love it. I love it. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you've provided incredible value to the listeners today, and I'm excited to continue to watch you change lives and excited to watch your journey as you continue to help a lot of people. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.